in the 1970s and 80s, as they began to understand the nature of DNA, genes and chromosomes, basic ideas of Mendelian genetics have been understood without understanding the underlying mechanism for longer. They began to understand the genetic basis of various diseases. The scientists began to figure out how certain problematic genes could cause certain diseases. Today, we have all kinds of theories about genes that might be influential and relevant to certain conditions, but there are certain diseases where it's not relevant and influential. There are certain diseases where the, the diseases are entirely and uh, sufficiently caused by the genes, particularly what we call the recessive, recessive gene diseases, where if you only have one of the bad genes, every person gets two genes, one from his father, one from his mother, normally. If you have, there, there are certain diseases that if you have one bad gene, you're perfectly fine, you're healthy, everything is fine. If you are unfortunate enough to have two of the bad genes, one from the father, one from the mother, then the child, come, the child has, will have this condition, this disease. Some of these conditions can be relatively, relatively mild. Some of them can be, can be horrific. Tay-Sachs was the big one back in the 70s and 80s, where they, they, they began to understand the genes that caught the gene that causes Tay-Sachs. They began to be able to test for it, and it, people began to understand, the scientific community figured out that we can literally eliminate Tay-Sachs by making sure that no carriers marry other carriers. If a, if, if a person who, if, 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 if at least one of the two parents is not a carrier, he has two good genes, then none of the children can possibly have Tay-Sachs because they get one gene from each parent. If one parent has only good genes, and that means that the, the child will have at least one good gene, which means since Tay-Sachs is a recessive gene, the child will not have Tay-Sachs. The child can only have the disease if both parents have at least one copy of the gene. Neither, neither parent is going to have two copies of the gene because they wouldn't live long enough. Tay-Sachs children die in between three and eight or so, so they don't get old enough. They're not, they're not old enough to marry and have children. But if, if both parents are carriers, they, they won't even know it. The, the, these genes have no, no significant effect on their life. They don't have no idea. But if they get married, each one will have one good gene and one bad gene. And then the children will all have... Each child independently will have a 25% chance of, of getting two bad genes. It's 50% of each parent of getting, 50% of each parent of getting the one good and one bad. If he if he loses this lottery and gets one bad gene from each parent, then he will have two bad genes, and then he dies as a child after a miserable life of Tay-Sachs. So the obvious solution was: let's test people and make sure carriers don't marry carriers. If we make sure. Non-carriers can marry whoever they want, carriers or non-carriers, the children will all, either way will be fine. If carriers only marry non-carriers, then, they, then, the, then all the children will be fine. That's what they began to do. Tay-Sachs in particular is what they call an Ashkenazi genetic disease. It's particularly common. It, 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 it happens throughout the populace, but it is, it is orders of magnitude higher within the Ashkenazi Jewish community. There are other diseases that are particularly common within the Ashkenazi Jewish community. There are other diseases that are common within other populations. But uh, particularly, this work was being done largely in the Ashkenazi Jewish community. And they had the amazing success in eliminating Tay-Sachs by testing and then, and, and then getting, getting carriers not to marry each other. The Orthodox Jewish community picked up on this as well. And in the, in, in the 80s, in 1986, the, the Darius Sharm organization was founded. The, the, the organization, Darya Sharam, to test people was, was founded, and it's, it has been a great success. It's still active today. It, testing either through Darya Sharam or through other organizations is widespread, virtually ubiquitous in the firm community. 
And then the numbers don't lie. The, the, the numbers show, the graphs you can see show uh, an amazing and wonderful uh, decrease to zero, basically, of Tay-Sachs in the Jewish community. However, when, when, when testing first began, there was, there was controversy about whether testing was appropriate according to the Torah, whether, whether it's appropriate to test or not. As we'll discuss, there were certain religious objections. As it turns out, the, there was almost unanimous agreement that testing for Tay-Sachs was a good idea. Many, many Postkin weighed in on this, and the Postkin were virtually unanimous that testing was a, a good idea, if not actually mandatory, but certainly a very good idea. There was one holdout, one, one holdout, as we'll see, was one holdout, as we'll see tonight. And that was, that was Rabbi Nasha Klein, the Mishnah Halachas. He disagreed. He often went his own way on all kinds of issues, especially those, in, those involving theology. But he was the exception that proves the rule. There was almost unanimous consent that testing was a good thing. We're going to study tonight several chuvos and or letters that were written on the topic in the 80s and 90s. A representative sample. We will see a couple of letters of Ramosha Feinstein, who supported testing. We'll see a remarkable letter of Ramosha Stern, the Debertziner, the author of the Bear Moshe, who supported testing even more uh, passionately than Ramosha. And we'll discuss briefly the, let, the tshuva of Rav Menashe Klein opposing testing. It's, it, it's a remarkable thing, maybe not so remarkable, that on some the question of such basic theology and morality within the Torah, even within the right-wing conservative, conservative Orthodox camp uh, personified by both Rav Menashe Klein and, and Rav Moshe Stern, we find such wildly opposite views. The, the Bear Moshe basically mocks and ridicules the attitude that was more or less held by Rav Menashe Klein. But that's how it is. And even on such a, such a basic primal question, we'll see that, again, there was a pretty strong consensus. Almost all Chachmei Yisrael agreed that testing was good. But uh, nevertheless, there, there was actually uh, a schism. Menashe Klein was the one great holdout, apparently, as we'll discuss. So, looking at Ramosha's tshuvas first. So Ramosha has a tshuva published in Igris Moshe. This was almost the end of his life. The, this tshuva was published in Tufshin Laman Gimel, in Adar, in Adar Shani, Tufshin Laman Gimel. So that would be, that would be, uh, that, that would be 73. So he, he, he died within, he, he, he died about a decade later. And in this tshuva he was asked, should we test, should we test people for Tay-Sachs before marriage? The, the, the letter was written to his, to his son-in-law, Rabbi, his son-in-law, Rabbi David Tendler, Moshe Raboshe David Tendler, and uh, who, who was also a noted bioethicist and halachist, and he wrote a letter to his son-in-law expressing his opinion as to the, 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 the halachic propriety, the, 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 the Das Torah on testing children, testing, on testing people for, for, for Tay-Sachs specifically. As we're not going to get into some, there was, there was and it remains controversy about about Dari Shavu's mandate, should they test for everything? How far should they go? Should they test for common and lethal diseases? Should they test for, uh, for everything? There, there are other organizations, J-Screen, that, that, that cast a much wider net even. Dari Sharm has faced criticism on, on, in opposite directions. Some have said, including Rabbi Tandler himself, is, is reported as having criticized them for testing for too much. Others, like Refreshal Schechter, have said, you should test for everything. You should test for more than Dari Sharm tests. But we're not going to get into all, we're not going to focus on those disputes about what you should test for. This is Tay-Sachs, which was the big kahuna of genetic diseases. 
It was uh, frighteningly common among Ashkenazic Jews. It is, uh, it is lethal. The child dies before, before the age of 10. Even while he's alive, he has, uh, he has a miserable, terrible life. So if you're going to test for anything, Tay-Sachs is right up there. So that was the question he wrote to his, his, his son-in-law, Rabbi Tendler. What is my opinion? Ramosha was asked about testing people for Tay-Sachs. So he says, according to the Teva, they live brief lives. He says, two or three years, then they die. It's called Tay-Sachs. I've, I've studied the matter, he says. It's not a very long tshuva. It's about a page, less than a page. He says, my opinion is, even if it is, even though it's only a minority of children who have this problem, and we might have said, we might have applied the, the Pasuk, Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha, as explained by Rashi. Nevertheless, he says, since now it is easy to check, it is Ba'ofen Ka Livdok, so we can say that if you, we, 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 he feels that what, what the right way to look at this is, that if you don't check yourself, he says, it's like closing your eyes. It's like closing your eyes and averting your, your, your eyes from that which is staring you right in the face. This is a very, this is a very, uh, a very significant couple of lines. Both his proposed objection based on the idea of Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha, as well as his counter-argument. This is a, a quote that's so often, well, this is a, a pull quote from this tshuva. It's like closing your eyes in the presence of danger. So what, what is Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha? What, what does this Pasuk mean, and, 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 what is, and, and how is it applied? So Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha is a very resonant Pasuk. It's far from clear, though, what exactly it means. The, the context of the Pasuk and the meaning of the Pasuk is the Torah is warning us against availing ourselves of various kinds of necromancy and divination and sorcery. Don't try to penetrate uh, mysteries using occult means and so on, using kosein, ksamim, and so on and so forth. Rather, the Torah says, Tamim tiem Hashem alokecha. Tamim is a hard word to translate. It means complete or whole or trusting. It means just, just trust in Hashem and, and be, be, be complete with Hashem. Don't try to outsmart Hashem by pursuing uh, forbidden arcane knowledge. Tamim tiem Hashem alokecha. And then the Pasuk goes on and it says, Hashem will appoint a, a Navi. You'll, uh, Moshe says, you'll have a Navi like me, Hashem will appoint, and, uh, and you should listen to the Navi, the Navi will tell you what you have to know. So a simple reading of the Psukim, the, the Torah is telling us that don't pursue occult, arcane, uh, esoteric knowledge, rather, Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha, and the one avenue, for, the one avenue for, for arcane knowledge that you have available to you is prophecy is Nevoah. Ramban actually counts Tamim Tiem Hashem Alokecha as one of the 613 mitzvahs, Rambam does not, but Ramban and various other Rishonim do count Tamim Tiyam Hashem Alokech as a mitzvah. And besides Ramban, there are, there are various other sources that the Ramban suggests that the reason the Rambam didn't count it is because Rambam may have understood it's just a general exhortation to follow the Torah. What's it doing right here in the middle of a discussion of sorcery and necromancy and prophecy? I'm not sure. But maybe Rambam considered it just a general exhortation to follow the Torah. But many, there are many sources in addition to Ramban that understand this as a specific exhortation regarding not trying to pursue uh, forbidden esoteric knowledge, Rashi, and the Sifri. There's a Sifri. We don't actually have it in our Sifri, but the, the Rishonim bring, Tosis brings a Sifri that says, Minayin Shein Sholin Begarolos, you can't try to uh, practice divination by means of lotteries. It's a Tom Tiyam Hashem that this is a normative rule. You should not try to access uh, esoteric and arcane knowledge by various forms of divination, that what about the Garl Hagra, the, the famous bibliomancy practice attributed to the, nothing to do with the Gra, but it, do, it does appear for hundreds of years in Jewish sources, 
post can discuss that, why that doesn't violate Tam not our topic for tonight. But anyway, there is a normative rule, according to many sources, in, based on this Pasuk, which Ramosha seems to be accepting here. There is a, a, there is a rule in the Torah of Tamim Tiyam Hashem that you are not supposed to be uh, chasing esoteric knowledge. So Ramosha says that might apply to genetic testing as well. Ramosha says it does not because it's so easy to test, it's, it's trivial, so by not testing, that's not Tamim Tiyam, that's simply willfully closing your eyes and blinding yourself to danger. Refreshal Schechter has said the same thing applies to all the testing, even beyond what Darius Sharm does. He says anything, you should test for everything he says. Anything that, that's available in a simple genetic test, and you choose not to test for it, that's like closing your eyes, he says. The same way Ramosha said it about Tay-Sex, Schechter says it applies to anything. He, he's a testing maximalist. He says that anything that is testable, and you choose not to test, that's like closing your eyes to danger. But the basic principle Ramosha says is that, on the one hand, you might argue, Tamim Tiyam Hashem On the other hand, since it's so easy and trivial to test, that's not Tamim Tiyam, that's willfully, willfully blinding yourself like an ostrich, the proverbial ostrich, to present danger. Now, what does Tamim Tiyam actually mean? The, the classic question, is listening to the weather, is, uh, is, is listening to a weather forecaster, is that Tamim Tiyam? You know, man in his... Uh, brute and primitive form, has no idea what the weather is going to be a week out. He turns on the radio, he listens to the, the wise men and the, the, the wise meteorologists who have supercomputers and models and degrees in meteorology, and they figure out uh, whether it's going to rain next week or not. So, so I, is, that, is that a violation of Tum Tiyam Hashem There actually is a discussion about that in the contemporary work Shevard Akasi. He, he says, of course, there's nothing wrong with doing that, and he tries to explain why not. But everyone takes for granted that, I think pretty much we all take for granted that listening to a weather forecast is not, not a weather report, a weather forecast does not violate Tamim Hashem Neither does something like financial modeling. If, if a person, whether professionally or personally, tries to figure out where interest rates are likely to go, where the stock market is likely to go, and make his financial planning decisions, investment decisions accordingly, that's not a violation of Tamim Hashem God gave us brains. God gave us technology, God gave us the skill to, to do analysis, to, 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 to collect data, to, to, to construct models, to apply math and science and economics and meteorology and figure things out. That's not, that's not a violation of Tamim Tiyam Hashem So what is Tamim Tiyam Hashem What is the Torah telling us? What type of, I, I, before I kept using terms like esoteric knowledge, arcane knowledge, financial modeling can get pretty esoteric. What does it actually mean? What actually is being prohibited by the, by the commandment of Tamim Tiyam Hashem What type of knowledge, what type of pursuit of knowledge is being foreclosed by the Pasuk Tamim Tiyam Hashem So it's very, very unclear, and I've not been able to find any kind of, so far, any kind of really serious and satisfying discussion of it. One would be tempted to argue, based on the context of the biblical text itself, one would be tempted to argue that the only kind of information which is being foreclosed is occult information, information involving the supernatural. The, the, the previous examples of the Torah all have to do with kesem, with various types of sorcery and so on, divination. The, 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 the previous psukim in the Torah, the Torah says that you're going to see maver uh, b'no bito the, the molech ritual, kosim ksamim, ma'onein, menachesh, mechashef, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, paranormal rituals, v'chover chover, shoel ov, asking the ov, the, the famous palace ov, the shoel ha-melech the Yedoni, Amesim, Necromancy. These are all Toevas, and Hashem doesn't want these Toevas. Fine, good. So the, then Tom Tiam Hashem 
you should be complete and trust in God. So a simple understanding and a reasonably satisfying understanding might be that the only kind of the only kind of information which is forbidden is occult information, information being obtained by occult means. As we've discussed in the past, it's not always so easy to determine the difference between uh, the occult and science. As per Arthur C. Clarke, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, or the, the corollary that I'm fond of, or the rephrasing that I'm fond of. Any technology which is distinguishable from magic is insufficiently advanced. But yeah, okay, so that, that's a question. How to de- exactly how to define philosophically occult for science. But that, that, that's something that we live our lives with. We, we, we understand intuitively there's a difference. And that would be a simple approach to take, that the only kind of information that's being prohibited is information obtained through occult means. Ramosha clearly does not assume that, pretty clearly does not assume that, because he actually raises the issue of Tamim Tiyam Hashem in the context of genetic screening. He certainly understood genetic screening is not magic. It might be, a, it might be an advanced technology, but it's not magic. And yet Ramosha actually raised the issue of Tamim Tia. And his only answer was that, well, it's, uh, well, it's, not, uh, it's trivial to check, so Tamim Tia doesn't apply. So Ramosha, again, I don't, I don't want to read too much into a couple of lines of his tshuva, but Ramosha suggests that he understood Tamim Tia is not limited to the occult. Tamim Tia applies to other forms of hidden and esoteric information as well. Your genes, your genes for thousands of years, it would have been inconceivable to predict whether a person would be sick by some kind of blood test of his genes, whether his children would be born with a devastating disease by testing his blood. So maybe Ramosha held that that's, uh, that might be Tamim Tia if it wasn't so easy to do. Ramosha perhaps held that that, that would violate Tamantia. Okay, so it's, it's very unclear what exactly is forbidden by Tamantia. I saw in a discussion of Tamantia, I saw somebody posted a link to a, a share or an article by Rebellio Weintraub. Rebellio Weintraub was a, was a distinguished Makubal in the Lithuanian school, in the yeshiva world, in the Litvish Israeli school. He was a reactionary, he was, he, he was somewhat of an extremist, but, but he, was a, he was a widely regarded, uh, highly regarded, distinguished student of Kabbalah. And he has an essay where he, he, he has a broadside. He was upset during one of Israel's wars, he, had, he was upset about pundits and analysts who were confidently asserting what would happen after this military, uh, after this military adventure or that one, how things would turn out. People would avidly listen to the pundits and believe every word they said, like Tarami Sinai. Rabbi Weintraub suggests that that would actually be a violation of Tamim Tia. He says the, the pundits of today, the analysts of today, are the, are the stargazers of yesteryear. They're people who uh, claim to have uh, privileged access to esoteric information. And if you put your faith in them and believe them, instead of, instead of just trusting God to do what he wishes, you violate Tamim Tia. Again, he wasn't really writing a halachic article. He w- it was more of a philosophical essay. But he does use strong language, like your mavatal and assay, Again, I don't think even he would say that if you simply take reasonable precautions, like if you hear a suggestion that the battle is about to sweep through your city, you might want to evacuate. Taking a prudent and reasonable precautions, I don't know if anyone would say is Tamim Tia, but, but he keeps emphasizing if you believe it, and you take it to heart, and you consider it a certainty. So I don't know. He also seems to be suggesting that even information gleaned through non-occult means is subject to Tamim Tia. So I don't really know. But getting back to Ramosha, that's what Ramosha says that potentially there could be an issue of Tum and Tia uh, with genetic testing, but since it's so trivial, since, since it is, is so easy to do, he says, if you don't do it, that's not Tum and Tia, that is simply willful blindness, which is not the way of the Torah, and therefore he says, so A, he says it's trivial to check, 
B, he says, since chas v'shalom, it would, the, 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 the consequences of Tesaks are devastating. He, for the parents, it's devastating, devastating for the child also. Therefore, he says, it is appropriate for anyone who is uh, getting married should, should check, his, check, his, check, his genetic, uh, check his genetic makeup. And therefore, he says, you should publicize this in newspapers and so on. Everyone should understand that there is a test and that it is a good idea to avail yourself of such a test. So that was Ramosha's basic position. Ramosha then goes on, and the second half of the tshuva is very important as well. Ramosha then goes on and says, Baru Pashat. It's self-evident, it's obvious, he says. This has to be done discreetly. But Sinna, he says, people shouldn't know of each other's statuses. Even the physicians, he said, should, 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 should exercise extreme discretion. He says, even though, even though they tell us, the physicians tell us, that there's nothing wrong with being a carrier, there is, as long as two carriers don't meet, everything is fine, there's absolutely no problem at all. Uh, nevertheless, he says, people don't believe that, people don't understand the science, people are going to think there's some stigma attached to being a carrier. And therefore, he says, you shouldn't do this publicly, you shouldn't do this in schools, he says, and so on which is, today they do do it in schools, this part of Ramosha was not really followed. Basically, it should, be, it should be done very, very discreetly and quietly, he says. He says, we know people have, people are very nervous in America, they, they suffer from uh, delicate mental health, he says, particularly in America, they, they, make, they make a mountain out of every molehill, he says. So chas v'shalom to do this for young children, he says, if they're not getting married anyway, and uh, he says, if they, the, the, they're not getting married, if they, if they know they're a carrier, it'll just cause them to worry and be upset. <laughs> He was, Ramosha was not, necess- was not yet apparently anticipating what Dar Yasharim eventually did, which was to not even reveal to people themselves their own status. He was assuming that the test would be like all genetic testing, like standard genetic testing is apparently, where they would reveal, the, like J-Screen and other organizations do today, that they do reveal the status, to the, the, the genetic uh, details to the person himself. Ramosha says you're going to cause people to worry needlessly, and, uh, and there's no point, he says. And it has to be done but anyway, he says, and kids, young children don't keep secrets well. They, they, don't, they don't have the discretion and the, the self-control to keep their status a secret. Therefore, Ramosha recommends it be done when, when people are older, when they're, when, they're getting ready to, when they're getting ready to get married, he says. And therefore, he says, uh, in general, he recommends testing. It should be done discreetly, not in public gatherings. And it should not be done until people are close to marriageable age. So that, that was Ramosha's position. He wrote this tshuva in, wrote this tshuva in again, Tavshin Lam and Gimel, that's 1973. Ramosha has a follow-up letter he wrote later. He, he, Ramosha wrote a follow-up letter. He wrote that, he, he says, that this, was after, this was after Dari Sharm was founded. This is almost at the end of his life then. But he said that, I already published a tshuva on Tay-Sachs. I think he's referring to this tshuva. He says, I, I gave various details of, I'm in favor of testing, but it's specifically how it should be done. He says, he says, it, I have, I have been, been informed, he says, that they have an organization called Dar Yasharim that operates in accordance with my guidelines. Therefore, I support this, he says, and I, I bless them that they should be successful, and they should, this was, this was written in Tufshin Memhei in 85, but shortly before, shortly before he, he was Nifter, and uh, again, he, he, he stands by his earlier tshuva, and he supports Dar Yasharim for operating in accordance with the guidelines that he established in his tshuva of, uh, of uh, a dozen years earlier. That's the position of Ramosha Feinstein. And that's roughly representative, I think, of, of most other Gidele Torah who weighed in on the question. 
Ravadi Yosef, Dari Sharm will, will, will happily, happily provide uh, copies of these letters on the original stationery, many of them, of, the, of all these Rabbanim. So, so another one is Ravadi Yosef. He says he supports Dari Sharm. This is a great thing. He doesn't get into the theology or the halakha of it, he says. Like, great. Like, why not, he says. We can, like, we can avoid uh, these terrible tragedies, these terrible disasters of children who are born with these problems. It's a mitzvah rabbi to support them, he says, and uh, financially and so on. And uh, he thinks they're doing a great thing. Wonderful. I mentioned earlier, Ramosha Stern, the, the Debertziner, has a, has a letter on this topic as well. It is a fascinating letter. The Debertziner is a fascinating posik in general. He was, lived in Barra Park. He, he was a, a Barra Park, I believe. He was a, an, an old world, old school posik. He was uh, you know, thoroughly European. He had uh, not much use in many, in, many, in many aspects of his thought for America, for modernity. He was very much a, a reactionary, old world European posik. And yet, in a number of his chuvas, he has he 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 shows and he shows a uh, rigorously almost militantly pragmatic streak, and he had a very healthy respond. He had a very healthy respect, at least in some ways, for science, for science and technology. He he has one chuva where he was where he where he was vehemently against smoking. I'm not sure what year this was, but he wrote a chuva again decades ago where he was uh, adamantly opposed to smoking. He was forced to grapple with the topic that we know that great tzaddikim and great rebbe's of previous generations smoked. So how do I square that? He says that's clearly something that's uh, completely unacceptable from a Torah perspective. It's so dangerous. He says, and how can I square that with the fact that that gedolim smoked? He says it can't be that we're doing something wrong. So it's, what do I do? He says. So he has a few approaches. One approach is that they lived in in better climates where they didn't have as much pollution, so their lungs were stronger, so the tobacco didn't harm them as much. He suggests that, uh, that, that they did it l'shem shemayim, and then they, 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 they acted on a, they were on a higher madrega, and therefore they merited divine protection. He, he has a, two or three explanations like this where he tries to reconcile the fact that Gedolim smoked with his clear conviction that science tells us that it, that it is a deadly habit. And again, he, 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 he was very, very from, so he, he doesn't want to simply say they were wrong and they, they, they did a terrible thing, Bishogig. So he looks for explanations, but he, but he wasn't going to reject the science of his, of his time already, which, which he clearly understood was that smoking was a, was a terrible, terrible thing to do. So in this tshuva, in this letter, he was, uh, he, was, he was adamantly, passionately in favor of genetic testing. He begins the letter by talking about by, 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 by writing with, with, with tremendous empathy and uh, pain for the parents who suffer from these diseases. He writes that the, the Galiha Sonos, the waves, of, the waves of tragedy, he says, that have befallen uh, many families of uh, Bnei Israel, that their descendants suffer from these machlos noros, vayumos, these, these horrifying and, and uh, terrifying, what he calls genetic diseases, he says, that have, uh, taught, that, have, that have done terrible things to families, he says, Hashem Yirachem, Litzari Hagadol, to my great pain and suffering, he says, I can testify about many families that have come to me, and they, 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 they've been so devastated, they tell them, they, they, they begin their, their conversation with me by saying that, that they can't even cry, because their eyes have just dried up from all the, all the tears, he says, Yom and Belayla, and it's such a terrible thing, I'm just crying out of sympathy for all my brethren, he says, I can't even begin to tell you, he says. Uh, I, I don't even have the strength to tell you how, how terrible, terrible, terrible all these, uh, all these things are, he says. And, um, and what makes it worse, he says, what, 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 makes it, what makes this so heartbreaking, he says, is that 
is that is that is is that it's all for nothing? He says there's a simple solution, and it's not like you know we're it's not we're not telling people that they have to remain single; they can never get married. That the same men and women could have happy lives with other spouses. He says the man and the woman, if they both marry people who are not, if both carriers would each marry other people who are not carriers, everyone's going to be fine. They'll have happy lives, happy healthy children. Everything is fine. It's all so pointless. He says it's all so. There's no reason for this. He says it, it, he says if uh, he says. He said that the, the only problem is what he call, what he calls the the dimyon hashave the, the 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 matching the, the the matching gene the matching bad gene he says the matching recessive uh, uh, gene that causes this disease that determines this disease he says the, the, the whole thing he says is, 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 is so is, is so completely avoidable he says it's a, it's a tragedy which is which is which is which, which is pointless and unnecessary he says all tragedies are necessary but this one is just avoidable he says therefore he says lahodos lashem elokenu with uh, with great thanks to Akash Baruch Hu, he says the creator of heaven and earth, who creates Rufua Kodem Hamaka, a classic Talmudic idea, that Midrashic idea, that God, when he creates a a trouble, a problem, he creates a uh, a, a cure for it, a something to avert it before he even creates the problem. He gave us, he says, Chachma Vadas. He gave us wisdom and understanding in the, in the hearts of the physicians, the expert physicians, the researchers, to avoid this tsar and tsara. Which again destroys Basar Gidim Batsamos, it breaks families, he says, it breaks families into bits, he says. Simple solution, they figured it out. Do a blood test, he says, Lasas Padikas Dam, today they sometimes do saliva. Back then they used to do blood. Some of them still do blood. They do a blood test, he says, before the Shaduchim. And by doing this blood test, he says, we can establish with certainty, he says, if 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 the if this uh, Similarity, genetic similarity between the man and the woman applies, which will cause the, the terrible disease. Therefore, he says, now that we know this, given that we know all this, and the Baruch Hu, with his great rachamim, he says, the chasadav, his great compassion, his great mercy, gave us his refuah kodun lamaka, chov kadosh, he says. It's a, it's a holy obligation. A holy obligation incumbent on parents, alpidin tarach dosha. Not just he thinks it's a good idea, not just he thinks it's a, it's a nice idea. It's, it, it is a holy obligation, he says, from the from the holy Torah, la halacha la maisa, to 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 investigate this, to to test for these test the, the genetics, he says, by expert physicians to to avoid having uh, both parents be carriers for this disease, he says, in order that they can go to the chuppah believe shalom v'simcha. Now he takes a uh, in the most remarkable part of his tshuva, he takes uh, he takes some. Uh, he, he, he takes a couple of shots at his opponents, he says, at those who oppose testing. He says, those who say, those who say that someone who does this testing is exhibiting a lack of bitachon, a lack of trust in Hashem, that Hashem will arrange things as he sees fit. This is a preposterous, he says. Such a person doesn't know what he's talking about, he says. Adrabi says, on the contrary, absolutely on the contrary, he says, anything that a person can clarify, a person is obligated to clarify, again, whether he would go as far as Rav Shechter and say every single disease, no matter how rare, no matter, he's talking about, again, debilitating and lethal diseases, whether, how far he means to go, I'm not sure, but certainly when, we, when we're talking about uh, misfortunes of this caliber, he says, anything a person can do, it is, you're obligated to avoid these problems. And then he says, I, I, I think he says, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Suffolk, and that's almost beyond a doubt, he says. And this is, an, this is an incredible line. He says, 
Someone who does not do this, someone who does not test when, when testing is available, when he could test, the Yatzah Chas Vashalom Kilkel, as a result of his inaction, then uh, something terrible happens, he says. Yadav Melechlachas B'dmei Zaro. His hands are soiled with the blood of his own descendants. He's considered guilty of, uh, of manslaughter against his own children. He brings the Pasuk of Egg Larufa, that when a person is found dead, the Zikanim, the elders of the city, have to come out and say, our hands did not spill this blood, which Chazal explained means we didn't uh, fail in our duty to give him provisions and accompany him. So here also he says, a person is obligated to take pains to obligated to take uh, available steps to, uh, to avoid tragedy for his own children. If he doesn't do so, he is guilty. He is, his, their, blood is on his, their blood is on his hands. He cannot say, he's responsible for their death. And he, is, and, and he will have to answer for this before God. Why did you not do this? God says, I gave you Chachma. I gave, I, I gave Chachma and Das to the physicians. I gave you I gave you a way to avert this. If you don't do that, he says, if, if you have theological objections, you don't know what you're talking about, your theology is, is, is misguided. If you don't do it, he says, you are guilty, you have the blood of your children on your own hands. So that is, that is the position of the, of the Debertiner. Again, a, 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 very, a, very, uh, a very traditional post but nevertheless, the, for him, for him the, the, the matter was so clear. It's literally a matter of life and death, and, the, and this is literally a no-brainer for him. When he goes on, he says, in my opinion, it is an obligation upon the Rabbanim, the Gaonim, members of Bate Din, he says, to talk about this publicly, he says, and to beg people, to beg every community, to beg in public. They should not, uh, people should not, uh, uh, should not dismiss this, should not fail to take this seriously. We can say we can avoid this disease. We can we can have a hatzala gashmias varuchnias material and spiritual salvation. He says, and therefore he says he's very grateful. We have great akars atov to those who those who run Dar Yisharim. He says that, uh, that that they're they're the ones who are doing this. He says it's all parents all parents with no exception must turn to them and uh, and and consult with them before shaduchim. This is written in Tufshin Tufshin Memhei in in eighty five. In uh, and that is that is that is the opinion of the Debertziner. As I mentioned earlier, various other poskim as well have taken this position. Darius Sharm will list uh, a whole bunch of them on their website. Rabbi Avram Shapiro, Rabbi Zalman Chemi Goldberg, and more. And in general, this is the consensus. The one great exception, as I mentioned earlier, is Rabbi Klein. Rabbi Klein wrote a ten-page tshuva in his Mishnah Halachos, arguing that. Testing is wrong. Testing is, is misguided. Testing should. He basically took the exact position that the Debertziner mocked as being uh, not knowing what you're talking about. That basically is the position that 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 Ramanasha Klein took. He says that the he says I want to discuss. He says Dover Chadash Bazaar, something new and bizarre. He says that they have recently begun to do. This his letter, his letter, Rabbi Nasha Klein's letter was written in the was written in the what what year was this? This was his his letter was written in Tufshin and Base. That was already ninety two. Darius Sharma had already been active for a few years, but uh, he said he this new thing, this bizarre new thing people are doing regarding Shaduchin. 
that day they're they're choker al hasidos. They're they're trying to uh, they're trying to d- divine the future. He said, but varim neflaim. This is all the tamtia language matters which are hidden, obscure. Mechusim v'nelamim. They're obscure. They're covered. They're hidden from people. And then he 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 he, he riffs on the psukim. He says ki palevim chad davar ben dam ladam. When people uh, have a mystery about blood, the Torah is talking about damnida, ritual dam questions. They go to the Sanhedrin, he says, but the way he puts it, when people have a question about uh, this blood and that blood, whether you're a carrier or not a carrier, the Kamta Valisa, instead of to the Sanhedrin, you go up the Mechkere laboratories to the, to, to the tests and investigations of laboratories, and they don't listen to the Torah that Me'ashem Isha Le'ish, that God determines Shaduchim, and just, it's in his hands, and stop trying to play God, and... Uh, and to and stop trying to use science to, to determine shaduchim and tamim tiyam Hashem alokacha and the Torah says you should just be trusting God and not be trying to uh, figure things out on your own. He says anyone who does these things, he says after Hashem has uh, set up a shidduch. I'm not sure what he means by after. Dariyasharm is typically done before. It's supposed to be done before, but he says achar shekvar hismin Hashem shneim yachad, and they've agreed to the shidduch. They do these bedikas and they won't do the shidduch if the bedikas. Uh, uh, turn out wrong, he says. He chas v'shalom, he's trying to uh, flout God's will, what Hashem has decreed, and they call this Dar Yisharim. Reb Nasha Klein uh, has the pointed uh, acidic barb here. He says, Halabai, chas v'shalom, it won't be instead of Dar Yisharim, it won't be Dar Ikeshu Fasaltel, from Pasha Sazinu. Halashem, take Is this what you do to Hashem? Hashem tries to set up Shaduchin for you, and you flout this, and you go ahead, and you. Uh, and you say that you know better, and you're going to do it your way. Klein says, This should not be done. Even without the Torah, even based on logic and, uh, and just reason, you shouldn't do this, he says. Certainly, it is against halacha as well. As I will explain. Ramanasha Klein goes on for, as I said, about ten pages, trying to argue that, uh, that, that this should not be done. We're not, we're not going to go into details of his argument. It's long and involved. and involves all kinds of different Agatha Gemaras. He argues that it's all destined to Shemayim and you shouldn't try. Again, superficially, I, 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 I'll admit I did not have the time to go through his, his whole tshuva in detail. You know, it's Mena Shemayim, but caring about money or caring about a hundred other things people care about apparently doesn't, consider, it doesn't consist of flouting God's will. So all of a sudden, when you care about genes... That's called flouting God's will. So I'm not sure, again, it, 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 to be fair, his tshuva bears further study, but he goes, on for, uh, he, goes, he goes on for quite a while, arguing that theologically it's inappropriate, and he says, anyway, it's, it's all up to Hashem anyway, he says, whether children will be healthy, it's not up to people, God runs the world. Again, the problem is that we, we live our lives we, we don't close our eyes when we cross the street, even though that's also up to, uh, to Hashem. We, we do whatever we can, this discussion reminds me a lot of the debate about life insurance. For the last century, Postkum have been discussing whether, whether there's anything theologically problematic about purchasing life insurance. Well, I mean, Hashem runs the world. You just, maybe you should just have bitachon, that Hashem will take care of your dependents. And remarkably, post-kim, the Postkum who have written on this topic virtually unanimously have agreed that purchasing life insurance is a good idea. It is not a chesaron bitachon. It's like any other business decision. Hashem put us in the world and gave us the, the faculties, the facilities to use to make rational decisions to, to, for, for our own benefit and benefit of our families. There is nothing wrong. And that's, I think, what most post the Debertiner and all the others feel about the genetic testing as well. 
that yes, you're using science, but Hashem gave us the science. Hashem gave us the science, gave us the tools, gave us the ability to to figure out, uh, to, to do things, to, to, to better our lot and to ward off disaster. And that's all we're doing. Ramanasha Klein, as I said, Ramanasha Klein goes on for pages arguing that, uh, that the correct theological approach is not to do this, but again, he's very much a das yachid, and even, even again, it's not just a question of modern postkim versus old world European postkim, the Debertiner is, is also a posek who is, who is a very, uh, very traditionalist, very uh, old world European posek, and he had and he is the, the most full-throated of all the supporters of Darius Sharm I've seen that uh, you have to be crazy, he says, to oppose it. The, the Debertiner is worried, who knows how many Shaduchim will be mispatel by these Badikas, he says, which were really decreed by Hashem, and we're going to go around and just destroying Shaduchim because of all, uh, all these Badikas, he says. The truth is, th- there is a kernel of this argument which is, ex- which is, accepted, by, which is accepted by some other postkim as well, and that is the question, my, my father used to raise this issue with me all the time, the, the question is, h- how much should you test for? Should you test for everything you can possibly test for, or should you limit it to diseases that are more, uh, more prevalent and more deadly? Darius Sharm itself has expanded dramatically over the years, and they test for many more things now than they used to. And some of, some of the, again, Tay-Sachs is the poster child for genetic testing because it's horribly devastating, it is highly prevalent in Ashkenazi communities, and it's, uh, and, and, it's, and it's determined entirely by this one gene. So that's, that's the one where almost everyone agrees you should test. But they, they test for all kinds of other things now, herring loss and, and different things which are, which are not life-threatening, which are much less prevalent. And there are indeed postkim today who have criticized Darius Sharam and have said that they should not test for everything they do. Rashmuel first has said he thinks they're testing for too many things. He thinks that they, they, they did great work. We owe them great Akaras Atov but they're getting carried away, and they, they should not be testing for so many things. Rabbi Moshe David Tendler himself, who Ramosha's tshuva was written to originally, he is quoted in a newspaper interview, and I don't know if, the, again, newspapers are not always uh, 100% reliable, and I can't vouch for this, but, but, but he, is, he was quoted in an article as having said that they are testing for too many things. He's critical of them for a few reasons. First of all, he thinks, as an American, he thinks, he says, he, he believes in American medical ethics, He's very upset that they won't disclose the results to the people themselves. They don't do that, obviously, because of stigma. They, they, they were afraid of, of Ramosha's own concern for stigma. But Rabbi Tendler is opposed to that. He feels that they should disclose. But he has also criticized them for testing for too much. Rabbi Tendler has said that, they, uh, that, that, that they're testing for way too many things. He, he writes, again, according to, the, according, to the newspaper quote, according to the newspaper quote of his, he says... He says, this is what happens when you have people with no scientific orientation who want to do good. The question arises, when do you stop? There are close to 90 genes you wouldn't want to have. Will this lead to people showing each other computer printouts of their genetic conditions? We'll never get married, he says. This was exactly Ramanasha Klein's concern about testing at all. Most posts can say you should test for certain things, but Rabbi Tendler felt that there's such a thing as too much testing. Testing for everything, and people do have printouts. That, if you do it the J-screen way, you, you do have a printout of every gene you have. And I don't know if couples actually ask to see each other's printouts, but we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. We're moving where, as this kind of uh, open testing increases in, uh, increases in, becomes more and more standard, people may very well start asking each other to see their genetic profiles before they get married. So Ray Tendler, despite the fact that he was very much not, uh, not a uh, Ramanasha Klein-style uh, obscurantist in this sense, uh, an anti-science person, he very much did believe that, at least according to this quote, that Dari Yisharim had gone too far and was, was needlessly being mevatel shaduchim and are going overboard and testing for, 
too many things. As I mentioned earlier, Refreshal Schechter takes the opposite position and says, everything you can test for. Test for everything. Why not? I mean, if, you, if you can, why not do what he says? You can avoid suffering and misery. So, so who cares whether it's, the, whether it's something as, as nasty as taste sacks or not? Test for everything, he says. Why not? So, you know, Ramnasha Klein, he mentions that, uh, that you know, he, he makes all these arguments. He says, in, in addition to the fact that he's theologically opposed, he says, to, uh, to all this, he says... But uh, he, he's, he's concerned also that this is this is postponing shidduchim. People wait. People wait to test, and then they don't. And then the shidduchim get uh, get pushed off again. So the solution to that is just test early. The, the Darius Sharon will be the first to tell you: don't wait until you're on the verge of engaging before testing. Run the numbers or do the testing before you start. So, so obviously, that's an implementation objection, not really an objection to the testing in principle. But I'll call upon him. This is the. This is the basic point that testing in general was supported, was in, and remains supported by, by virtually everyone, Ramanasha Klein being the exception that proves the rule. The postcum in general, in, in, in determining whether to test and whether something violates Tamantia, what to test for. So, my understanding is postcum have brought essentially three axes of. Uh, Three, three criteria for determining whether to test those who are not maximalists and don't necessarily tell you to test for everything. They bring three, uh, three criteria for determining whether to test, which is how devastating is the underlying condition, how, how frequent, how common, how likely is the underlying condition, and uh, how easy is the testing. So Ramosha argued that testing should be done because it's easy. He also emphasized that the consequences of Darya Sharam are devastating. Others have pushed back and said, don't test for things that are not so common or perhaps that are not so serious. But in general, to the extent that something is, is devastating, is, is common, and is easy to test for, virtually everyone, except for Menasha Klein, says you should test. And, the, and with, with, with the Debertiner going so far as to say that, uh, that you have the blood of your, of your children on your own hands if you choose not to test, when it comes to questions of, of other diseases, which are less common and less serious, here, there is, uh, here the, 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 there is substantial debate about whether you should test for everything or not. Contemporary post are, are split on that question.